so we're really thankful that you're here and you're investing this time with us. Um, if you are new to us at all, you may want to check our website out at www.ljchurch.org. A lot of information there that you might want to take a look at. And add, again, a lot of information about this church that we're not going to have the opportunity to mention all of here. Uh, also, you can find at the website, but hopefully if you're here in person, you got a copy of the Caring and Sharing, which has updated prayer lists and, and various ministries that are going on. be very informative for you. Not only to have the hard copy here and now, but to have on your phone uh, that downloaded and ready to be a reference for you at different times. A couple of things that are coming up uh, that I want to be sure and remind you of. We are hosting a virtual uh, Pregnancy Help Center event on the 29th of January, Friday the 29th of January. Uh, signing up is required and the sign-up sheet is on the, the, on the desk in the Welcome Center and you'll see that you need to sign up for a particular table. So you might even want to sign up as a foursome so that you know who's at your table. We will uh, do our best to follow the protocols that are similar to our assembly, uh, but also uh, have a time together to uh, hear from uh, our folks here locally with Pregnancy Help Center and the good things that they're doing, but also to hear from Pam Tebow that evening. So please make plan to be with us here. I know that you'll be blessed. I want to remind you, if you haven't already gotten the little communion elements as you came in, you'll need those towards the end of the service, and it would be fine for you to get up and get those now so that you have them. If you're at home, I want to encourage you to have your elements uh, there with you and prepared for that time. We don't pass the trays, again, because we're trying to uh, support the process of, of lowering uh, opportunities for infection to spread. And that also goes to our giving. Uh, you can use the QR code and give online. Uh, you may have an arrangement where your bank would there do digital giving. Or we have a box in the back both for our regular uh, giving back to God and for our kids' gift. And so please, and we appreciate, I always love walking back there and there's a little something in the kids' gift bucket. And y'all are doing a great job of keeping up with that. I'm very blessed by that. When we talk about giving back to God, January, February, or March are particularly special because it's a time where we're discerning our ministry potential by measuring your giving. So please be aware that every gift that you give during January, February, and March will actually add up to and be exactly what we will plan our ministries around uh, for the, the next 12 months, starting April 1st, the next 12 months. So please be praying and considering the way that you want to uh, show us how you intend to give for the next year. As we begin our worship together, I would invite you to stand. We're going somewhere incredibly familiar now, and so uh, Psalm 23, you've all heard and recited. Hopefully it's memorized in your heart. Uh, we're going to say it together with the words that are on the screen, which will be difficult for me as well because I always say it a little bit differently. So together, the Lord is my shepherd. I will not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in good paths for his name's sake. Even when I walk in the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are with me. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hallelujah, praise Jehovah, from the heavens praise His name, praise Jehovah in the highest, all His angels praise proclaim, all His hosts together praise Him, sun and moon and stars on high, praise Him all ye. Yeah. 
next time we uh, dismiss for stage two nursery, Praise Kids and Limitless Kids. As they're working their way out, let's let's sing another song. Please remain standing. Good morning, church. Uh, Join me this morning in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for all the blessings that you continually give us. Even in these difficult times of disease and political unrest, we look to you for our strength. We pray for all those who have lost family and friends to this uh, deadly disease, and we ask for your comfort for them. Father, we know you've always led your people in the past, and as you deal with the Israelites and you led them out of Egypt, and when your son came to lead us to salvation, you gave us your word and your spirit to lead us. And we pray now, as we seek for additional elders to lead this church, that you will guide this process in a way that will bring glory to you and will make it clear who these new elders are to be. Father, all these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a blessed day. morning. I'll be reading from John 10, 1 through 5, and verse 11. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listens to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. I am the good shepherd. 
The good shepherd lays down his life, lays down his life for the sheep. Please stand as we sing Psalm 23. You, O Lord, are my shepherd, I will These are such familiar words. The Lord is my shepherd. Uh, so familiar, you, you may have heard this before, but um, I, several years ago, had pretty major surgery to remove part of my colon. And uh, I can remember starting to wake up from the anesthesia. And I thought, man, I'm just, I, I, I can't see up or down. I can't tell. And somewhere in my brain, I said, I'm going to try to sing a song. That was the song that I picked. Needless to say, I, I have no outline, many ideas how many times I started that song over, but being able to follow the verses of that song with a little bit of reference from a pretty good acquaintance with Psalm 23, I still never got there. I got back to the room, and, and I think at some point before I came home, I looked up the lyrics to remind myself and to, be, to remember them. I'm really thankful, though, um, I'm really thankful for the way the Lord, I, I'm, I'm not very good at memorizing scripture. I, I really am not. I have a lot of skills and talents, but memorizing scripture is not among them. So I'm, I'm really thankful that when God allows a piece of scripture to really be laid on my heart so that I never really even have to kind of think about it, and, and this is one of those. Maybe it's one of yours as well. Some of you are really good at memorizing scripture, and, and this is one of those that I think needs to be way up on the top of the list. It's a powerful piece of scripture. It comes from the Old Testament and David. And it has this unique fulfillment among us, right? 
because we live on this side of Jesus. We live on this side of the, of the birth and the life and the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. And so when we think of the Lord is my shepherd, we're not simply thinking of the God who created the universe. We're not simply thinking of the God who brought us out of Egypt. We're not simply thinking of the, the God that, the, that is supposed to, the train of his robe, the footstool of God that is in the temple in Jerusalem. We are blessed with the image of Jesus, aren't we? If you go to Google and look up images for the Lord is my shepherd, very often it is, it is a and, and isn't it interesting how we instantaneously recognize Jesus in an image, which is probably not a good thing. We think we recognize Jesus. But it's often this Jesus figure who's carrying a lamb. But when David spoke it, when David spoke it, it was the Lord Jehovah. It was Yahweh. It was the Father, the Creator, that we identify sort of as God. And yet... Isn't it powerful the way David sees his life with God as so incredibly intimate? A leader, yes, but a leader who comes alongside, a leader who knows us well, a leader who not only leads us into green pastures and to still waters, but that phrase restores my soul. I'm not, I'm not just in a... In a intellectual relationship with this God. I'm not just in a legalistic relationship with God. I know what his law is and I'm going to follow the Ten Commandments. I'm in a personal relationship with God. Such that where he leads me, I will always call a good path. And even when that's a dark, shadowy place and I feel like I'm being disciplined by his rod and his staff, I'm not going to worry about it because it's his rod and staff. And as opposed to discipline and, and harm, I see it as great comfort. Even as a child, when my parents disciplined me, I didn't see that discipline as this wonderful, warm thing. It is only when we grow up that we look back and we say, I am so thankful my parents kept me out of that or pointed me in this direction with their discipline. David knows the shepherd. He knows his God. And I would say that his God knows him. It informs him when he is a shepherd out in a field. But even more, it informed him when he became the king. He didn't always live up to that model. But it informed what he wanted to be as Israel's king. Again, I'm curious if you've thought about it. I asked you to think about it this week. I asked you to think about how you lead. Have you thought about the various ways that you lead different kinds of folks? And I would even point to my good friend Haley, who will oftentimes lead me to smiling in places where I don't always smile because her smile is infectious. Amen? How are you leading? No matter what age you are, no matter what gender you are, no matter what stage of life you're in, no matter what your employing situation is, there is a way in which you're a leader. If nothing else, if you're involved in social media, the way that you speak for peace, the way that you speak kindly to people, leads. Because social media and the internet is full of filth. They call them trolls. They exist simply to exist in the, the darkness of the an anonymity of the internet and to be able to throw arrows and barbs at people. And when you jump on Facebook, you have the opportunity to lead in a different direction. Facebook used to be the coffee shop where you would meet and visit around uh, the cafe or something like that. And again, in that situation... You could either participate in the gossip that ran people down or you could participate in encouraging words that lifted people up. How do you lead? You're going to lead one way or another. You're going to either lead for your own selfish goals or you're going to lead in a way that shows that you know the shepherd, that you want to point people towards the shepherd. 
That's about the way you're motivated. It's about your goals. It's about the methods that you work towards leadership in. And yes, we're always going to be influenced by the results that our leadership produces. Are people following? Are people following in a way that I want them to? But more than that, as someone who follows God and knows Christ, we're to be influenced by the priorities of what godly, Christ-like leadership looks like. So when Jesus proclaims, as Callan did such a great job of reading in John chapter 10, I am the good shepherd, he expresses many things. He reaches back to David and to Psalm 23 and said, David may not have known I was coming, but I'm here, the good shepherd who leads you as God has led you. He reaches back to passages, and again, you may want to just write these down. I'm not going to list them extensively. But passages like Jeremiah 23, in fact, scattered throughout Jeremiah, is this language of Israel has shepherds, but they're blind, or they're misled, or maybe even they are faithless and evil. Ezekiel chapter 34 is a a long indictment of Israel's shepherds, the humans who led them, their kings, their princes, heads of households. You've done things that are inconsistent with the God who has been your shepherd and led you in the right ways. Zechariah will make reference to shepherds that, that the people have been scattered and that the shepherds can't bring them back together again. In fact, the shepherd, Zechariah says, has done such a poor job that the shepherds actually scatter the sheep, which is the antithesis to everything that a shepherd is supposed to be about. Of all the things he's expressing in that, of all the fulfillments that he says, and again, a big part of that is the idea is God has been our shepherd and I am now an earthly fulfillment of that. And the fact that he uses the word good, the shepherd who leads us in good paths, the shepherd whose discipline is good to bring us back to where we need to be, the shepherd who is good, And full of of mercy. I am the good shepherd. But maybe, maybe at the highest on the list, he meant this. In verse 14, he says it. The Father knows me, and I know the Father. If I'm going to be informed by God to lead as his good shepherd here on earth at this time, and I would say he is the good shepherd for all of eternity, amen? Whether it's his presence here on earth or not, through his Holy Spirit, he continues to be our great, chief, good shepherd. But his being the good shepherd is informed at its apex by the fact that the Father knows who he is, which we see reflected several times in a very specific way in the Gospels. When Jesus is baptized at the Mount of Transfiguration, God will speak from the clouds. Sometimes the whole crowd hears, sometimes just a few hear. depends on where you read it. But he said, this is my son whom I love in whom I'm well pleased. Matthew will make sure and add, listen to him. In many ways, God says, I know I'm the original shepherd. I am the gentle one who has led you, not as a tyrant leads, but as a shepherd leads. And now I am manifest in this one named Jesus, the one that you see doing things that are consistent with what God would do, the one who is saying things that sound like the very voice of God. The Father knows me, I've heard him say my name before. I hope in your heart of hearts you've heard God speak your name as well. But more than that, I know the Father. Again, he taught as one who had greater authority than their regular teachers. The the teachers in the temple were astounded by his understanding when he was 12 years old. Not only did the Father know him... But he knew the Father. He knew the Father intimately. 
As God has always been the shepherd of his people, now Jesus leads. Jesus leads as the Father leads. And Jesus teaches from a greater knowledge because he knows the Father. Jesus lives in a way that is different because of his intimacy with the Father. Jesus speaks to this idea of knowing in several places. I'm going to select Matthew chapter 7. Let's read together. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit. But a bad tree bears bad fruit, and a good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. This is classic. I'm going to repeat this same idea over and over in a slightly different way. This is the way a rabbi taught. If you didn't catch it the first time, maybe the sixth or tenth or twelfth time you'll get it. Thus... Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. He goes on in verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of the Father who is in, in heaven. Many will, say to me, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name or perform any miracles? And I will tell them plainly. I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. These are the last statements that roll over into the last parable in the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew's greatest teaching, collection of what Jesus had to say. And it begins, this last section, with the parable that you know so well. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Did anyone ever build a more stable house than the house that Jesus built? Amen. It didn't last for more than 30 years on earth necessarily, but it has lasted for 2,000 years and continues to add rooms to be part of his house because of his faithful knowing the Father and being known by the Father. Every other form of leadership will eventually come crashing down except the kind of leadership that is built on the way God leads and the way Jesus led as the good shepherd. It may be visible how the leadership crumbles when it's not built on God's selfless principles and instead is built on selfish principles. It may be hidden. We may never know it. But the more we learn about leaders and leadership is that when it isn't based on wisdom that comes from God, it, like the foolish man's house, will, how do we do that? Crash. Very good. Some of you got it. Let's all try again together. The foolish man's house went crash. And that's exactly what our leadership will do if it's not built on being known by the Father. And knowing the Father. So what are the fruits of knowing the good shepherd? Jesus said you're going to know a tree by its fruit. You're going to be able to tell. Good fruit is produced by a good tree. So how? what is the fruit that we need to produce that says that we know the good shepherd? First of all, and again this is a little bit of a tongue twister. It is an intimacy that, a fruit that produces knowing and a knowing that produces intimacy. Okay, Follow with me here just for a second. God chooses to know us. God chooses to know us as his creation, as the bearers of his image. We may run away from God our whole life, but he chooses to know us. Until at a moment in our life we decide, and maybe, maybe you're one of those people who grew up in church, who all your life kind of knew that God loved you, and that's wonderful, but I will guarantee you at some point in your life, you probably kind of turned and said, I think I'll do it my own way. And that God knew you doesn't have an impact until you say, God, I know that you know me. I want to know you. 
I want to take my initiation and create a relationship back to you. We can see that in, in baptism. God, I, I've tried it on my own, right? I want to know you more intimately. I want to be filled with your Holy Spirit. I want you to be a bigger part of me. Every time we open our lives up in prayer, we're saying, God, I want to know you better. And every time you open your life up in prayer in that way, I believe that God says, I know you. I know you too. We open our lives when we open the word of God. Now, we can open the word of God and just kind of say, God, I want to an answer to this question. Just give me the answer. Or we can open the word of God and say, God, I want to know you a little better. Now, we can get answers, but the answer that comes when we don't say, God, give me an answer, but instead the answer that comes when we say, God, I want to know you, and in knowing you, the answers come to me, we step into a relationship where intimacy creates knowing, and knowing produces even more intimacy. If Jesus needed to affirm the reality that to be the good shepherd, he was known by the Father and knew the Father, then if we are to follow in his footsteps in any part of our life, but particularly when we recognize the areas in our life where we lead, we need to know. We need to know who Christ is. We need to know who God is. We need to know that the Holy Spirit is there to fill us up and to help us and to carry us along. We need to know them and not know them in a passive way, but know them in a way that they are intimate friends and that we sense their intimate relationship with us as well. Secondly, there is no greater fruit. The New Testament will speak of it over and over again. I find it interesting how Matthew chapter 7 informs the words of Jesus that are recorded in Matthew chapter 7 informs Paul when he writes 1 Corinthians chapter 13. You can prophesy in tongues and you can perform all kinds of miracles. You can give things away as much as you want to. But if you have not, but if you have not, Y'all have to be heard by the people on the internet. But have not... You know, see, I heard the people on the internet. That was pretty amazing how that came back through this way. We need to be people who are aware of being loved in a way that manifests itself in loving others. There is no other fruit that says, I know Jesus, than the way that we find loving relationships with the people around us. Now let's be sure and say, as a leader, sometimes loving doesn't just look like, oh, what a wonderful person you are, you're doing great. Sometimes a leader who loves you is going to say, you can't do it that way. That's not going to accomplish our goal. You don't say it with that mean voice, right? Sorry. It can't be done that way. I need to send you in a new direction. But I'm sending you in a new direction not because I'm trying to hammer you down. Instead, I'm speaking this to you so that I can lift you up. I want you to move on to better and better things. I am not correcting you. I'm not reassigning you. I'm not, I'm not dictating to you so that I can put you down and make myself look greater. I am lifting you up so that maybe someday you'll even do it better than I do. I want to point you towards the better thing. The list is pretty incredible, isn't it? I performed miracles in your name. Lord, Lord, I speak your name, Lord, Lord. By the way, a big deal in the first century. Speaking of God, speaking of Jesus as Lord, Lord could get you killed. And yet he says, you can say Lord, Lord all I want to, but if you don't follow me, if you don't know me, if your life is not informed by knowledge of who I am and obedience to that, then you've missed it. Again, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 will say, you can do all of these fantastic things. You can be filled with the Spirit in such a way that it overflows in your life in what would be called miraculous ways. But if you're not filled up and doing it all with love, that every relationship in your life reflects 
a kind of pouring out of yourself into others that is exemplified by Jesus, then you may not know God. You may not know the good shepherd. First John is going to express it very pointedly. First John chapter 4, starting with verse 7. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Hear the kind of relationship here. I know God, and knowing God causes me to do things differently. Love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and His love is made complete in us. Skipping down to verse 16. And so we know and rely on the love that God has for us. I know that God knows me. God is love. Whoever lives in Him lives in God and God in them. We love because He first loved us. Whoever claims to love God, Lord, Lord, whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister, is a liar. Their life is duplicitous. It's broken in two, in two. It is in a whole. Whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God also loves their brother and sister. It is the fruit that tells us who knows God and who is known by God. Do you lead in a way do you lead in a way that represents what Jesus said to Peter, feed my sheep? Do you lead in a way that make people ask what's different about you? That you don't act. The way you lead and the way you come to leadership is not about power and significance and other selfish goals and methods. But instead, your methods are those that lift others up, not pushing others down. Particularly as we talk about this these things, we have to look to our process of discerning and identifying new elders. There's nothing I want more in an elder than to see the fruit that he knows the Father and knows the Son and knows the Holy Spirit. There is no greater qualification than those things. And to see the fruit of that playing out in his life to see the fruit of that playing out in his life in such a way that we perceive a selfless kind of support and love coming from him. Very important question for you today. Do you know Jesus? I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Do you know Jesus? There's no replacement for the answer to that question in your life. You can have all the money in the world, you can have all the influence in the world, you can have all the success in the world, and it won't make any difference if you don't know Jesus. I want to invite you at this time, if you're here today and you say, I maybe have thought I knew him, but I, I want to know him more, to let that be known to someone. You're welcome to come forward if you want to, to express that and have us pray about that. You may want to say that I've been putting off that stepping into that intimate relationship with him and I have not been baptized. And if that's the case, we want to talk to you about that as well. If you're online and you want to, to, to not just reach out to people on the phone or whatever, but want to reach out directly to us, there's a number that's going to be on the screen there. You can send a message to that number and someone will get back to you to help you in that conversation because there's no... No question that's more important. Do you know Jesus? Because he knows you. He knows exactly where you are. But he has no intention of leaving you there. He wants to lift you higher. And for that, we all say, amen. If we can help you in any way today, won't you please stand as we sing.
time. Um, parents, if you have children in stage two nurseries, this would be a good time to go get them as we start into our uh, Lord's Supper. morning. So uh, we're here as usual to remember the, the sacrifice of the son so we could uh, be forgiven of our sins. But I'd like to add something else for us to consider uh, today um, that he not only sacrificed his son so that we could be saved, but he is constantly enduring hate from the world, right? And so we live our daily lives and, and sometimes we want to hide our faith because we're worried about persecution and things like that. So I want to read from John chapter 15, verse 18. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. So I just kind of want to remind you that, that when you're living your daily life and you're worried about persecution and you think, oh, I don't want to say anything today because I'm worried that, that someone's going to think poorly of me for my faith, just remember that God's been dealing with that for a whole lot longer than any of us have. So if, if y'all will go with me in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for everything that you do for us and, and, uh, and for the sacrifice of your son and that, that we, could, we could live with you forever in heaven. And uh, I ask that you'll help us to remember when we take this bread, uh, that sacrifice and, and everything that you have to go through on a daily basis that we think that we have it so bad, but you have it so much worse than we do, God. And we thank you so much for loving us despite that. And uh, it's in your son's name that I pray. Amen. Do not be surprised, my brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. 
Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. I'd like to continue reading uh, 19 and 20. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. So it's the same thing. I mean, we're, we're, we're guaranteed to be persecuted in this, in this world because we're not of it. And if you're not of the world, the world will hate you. And God is the farthest thing from this world. So he's going to experience that hate much further than we ever will. So I just think that, that we need to remember that that persecution is coming and we have to be ready. And we have to always make sure that we're trusting in God to help bring us out of that. And because we're not alone, he's always there for us. Um, he, God gave his son's life for us, despite everything that he was going to receive from the world for that. And I think we owe him at least our perseverance and our faith to be with him. So if y'all bow with me. Heavenly Father, we come to you again uh, in remembrance of the sacrifice of your son and and thinking about the, the struggle that you have to go through every day that is so much worse than what we deal with. And uh, we just ask that you'll be with us when we experience that hate and you'll help us to, to come through it and to, to be able to continue to spread your word despite what the world might think of us. We thank you so much once again for, for the sacrifice of your son so that we could be with you forever in heaven. And it's in his precious and holy name that we pray. Amen. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. So at this time, we would normally do the giving, but obviously we can't pass the trays around. So if you feel compelled, there'll be a place that you can give at the back or you can go through online. So if y'all bow with me one more time to bless this, the giving. Father, please uh, compel our hearts to want to, to give back to you, whether that's through service or through... Um, financial means however it be that we can help best to to return at least something that that you've given to us obviously there's no way we can ever repay you for all the gifts that you've given and we we thank you for everything that you do for us and all the many blessings that you shower upon us and i i pray that we can at least do something to try and give back and to help further your kingdom and we thank you once again for the sacrifice of your son and we ask that you'll You'll be with us as we go out into the world and help us to, to overcome the hate and continue to, to serve you and to uh, spread your word in the world. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks, everyone, for joining us this morning. Uh, it seems like our building is slowly filling up, and that's exciting. Uh, Appreciate everyone joining us online. I got a note that we have a couple that's either vacationing or on business. I'm not sure which, but they're in Barbados, and they're joining us this morning on the live stream. So appreciate that, uh, joining us there. That's, uh, that's great. Uh, I'd like to thank everyone once again for your continued support. And remember, this is our elder discern our uh, not elders. Well, we're, we got too many discernments going on. I'm confused. Our financial discernment, as we call it, for the first three months of this year. And uh, so keep that in mind as well. Uh, and then on to our elder discernment that we are doing. Um, I'd like to make special note that Alan is also conducting a Sunday morning class at 930. Hopefully you received a link if you're not here this morning where you can join that class uh, in regards to this uh, uh, endeavor we're taking. Um, and so uh, if you get that link, you can join us at 930 there. That'd be uh, great as well uh, to remember that. Um, our life groups will be starting this week, so let me take just a little bit of time and uh, go through those life groups. 
I'll get out my cheat sheet here if I can find it. And kind of, okay, so I want to make sure I get them all. All right, so let me just start. Uh, West Fagan group will be meeting right after services here at the building. There will be a potluck, so you can join them uh, there at 12 or right after services. Uh, Craig Nesbitt, his group will be meeting Zoom only at 6 o'clock. All right, Zoom only 6 o'clock on Sundays. Uh, Randy Moore, and even though I call these people like Randy, I'm calling it his group. You can meet at his house or join them on Zoom at 6.15, but he has asked some other people to help facilitate the class, so there will be other men who will be uh, leading that class as well. Uh, and he makes it 6.15 and cons uh, for the youth group that I guess Peter's are still meeting at 6. I didn't talk to you about that. So the youth will be meeting at 6, and that way you can drop your kids off and then make it to Randy's house or join him on Zoom, whichever way you prefer there. Um, Gary McBrayer normally would meet Sundays at 4 o'clock. Their goal is to end so that people have time to get home before dark. If that's a concern to you driving after dark, I realize many of us have that concern. Uh, he's taking that into consideration. This particular Sunday, due to people being gone and whatever, Gary and Kelly were the only ones of their group that are here, and so they're just going to join Wes's group today. But normally Sundays, 4 o'clock, Gary would have a there at 4 o'clock here in town. Uh, Alan's group, and once again, I'm calling it Alan's group. It's meeting at his house and also by Zoom, but he has also asked some other gentlemen to help uh, facilitate the, the material presentation. Uh, they will meet Thursdays at 6.45, okay? So, uh, and then Jeff and I uh, have a group uh, that can meet at my house at 4 o'clock as well. Once again, the same goal, uh, allow people to get home before dark. And we will also meet Zoom as well. All right, so this technology is just a wonderful thing. God has blessed us with, uh, be able to take advantage of it. Uh, I didn't really care for Zoom the first time or two I did it, but it's starting to grow on me. <laughs> Alan's doing his class on Sunday mornings. Normally we didn't have Sunday morning class. I'll have to admit that extra hour, well, that's kind of nice on Sunday mornings. It, you can get used to that. So I, I may be joining by Zoom, uh, but anyway. Uh, so it's a great thing to have this. Uh, this information will be on the website. Didn't expect you to memorize all that. Uh, go to our website, ljchurch.org. Scroll down on that first page. You'll see a button for life groups. Uh, hopefully we'll get that updated. It still has last sessions info on there. It's still fairly uh, the same. We'll try to get that updated so you can check on that uh, for whatever group you'd like to join with. So I appreciate that. Uh, you know, anytime you talk about elders, and we first initially think, okay, Timothy, Titus, qualifications of an elder, you know, done that a lot, and, and we'll get there. But Alan has done really good to put some material together, which approaches this from uh, a really good biblical standpoint as far as leadership and shepherds and, and how Jesus was a shepherd and a leader and those qualifications and looking for those qualifications and emulating them in our lives. Uh, this is good whether you're an elder, whether you're just the president of the PTA, Jesus has some leadership qualities that can be carried throughout our lives wherever we may be. And so this is some good uh, undertaking of study uh, regardless of where you are in your life or what you're doing. Uh, I have a couple of notes here. Uh, thank you notes from some people. Uh, Lillian Adams, who was our uh, youth intern, our children's intern, and also from uh, Thomas and Martha Winsell. These will be printed in next week's bulletin, so everyone will have the chance to read them uh, rather than me just read them to you. So we appreciate those thank you notes. Uh, also, check our uh, prayer list here. If you have uh, put someone on the prayer list that is a uh, family member, not around here, or a friend or whatever, we appreciate that. We pray for those people, but we would also like for you to give us updates on their condition. If we don't know the person personally or they're not a member, then we don't have any way of getting updates on their condition and what happens. And we, the elders, every two weeks we get together, we go over our list, and we're looking for updates and trying to find out, well, what's the progress? So please send us updates. We, we really want those updates. Um, and so I think that's... Uh, Everything that I have here, I appreciate that. And so if you would, uh, join me in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, as we come before you this morning, we just want to say thank you just uh, for loving us, for Jesus, for his example, for his example as a leader, as a shepherd, uh, that he led by example, by service, by humility, 
uh, Lord, let us strive to emulate his, uh, his way of leading. Uh, Lord, we just want to praise you, honor and glorify you. You are the creator of the world. Uh, you, have, you hold the world in your hands. You create the universe, and yet here you are sinful, mindful of sinful man that you have sent your son to die on the cross. Lord, we just thank you for this. We honor you. We praise you. You glorify you. Lord, we just pray for our nation, for our, our leadership, for our new leadership that's coming on. Just uh, fill them with wisdom, Lord. Just fill them with love. Fill them with your word. We just ask that your word would touch their hearts, that they will lead our country with uh, your word in their, in their hearts. Uh, Lord, we just ask that you would forgive us of our sins. Help us to forgive each other, Lord. Uh, just help us to love each other. Help us to love each other like you loved us. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Please stand as we close. 